0: Daniels Podcast. I am joined by Will Brewer as we rewind to last Saturday afternoon. Not to mention we're going to talk about the upcoming pay-per-views in the UFC, but Will, I've got to tell you, man, I absolutely despise afternoon MMA. It just doesn't feel right. MMA, or especially, I should say, main events of MMA cards taking place while the sun is high in the sky and it's 100 (laughs) degrees just doesn't feel right to me whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, uh, when the main event was going on, it just didn't seem right, like, that uh, the main event was just going the sun's still up. Like it was only like five o'clock when the when the fight card ended, and I'm just like, whoa, what's there to do now? But of course, college football was on, so I mean, all my problems were cured. But still, I'm just like, man, I'm just not used to having MMA fights end so early.
0: Yeah, I like I, there's just I love it late at night, and I don't know why, um, it's like that. But I just prefer late starts. Like I don't even like the seven o'clock starts. I mean, not saying I, I, I'm not saying I don't like them, but I don't like them as much as the nine o'clock starts. Like I prefer the main card to start as late as possible because it just kind of gives you that like late night, big fight feel. I I don't know what it is. It's kind of taking place after everything else has kind of died down and it kind of has a stage to its own.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. It has a stage to its own. Uh, Everything's already took place. Everything's already happened. And now you can really focus in on these, uh, on all the fights, the prelims, um, and the main card. So I'm with you, man. I like the, the late card, the, the late night uh, fight starts, but I think uh, they had it early in the day to uh, for the um, uh, for the overseas fans right. that were trying to watch Darren Till and uh, right. Tom Aspinall and all them.
0: Look, I, I the, the UFC is full of smart people and they know what's going to maximize their viewership. And I would assume when you're competing with the opening Saturday of college football in this country, you're probably drawing more by putting it in prime time overseas to get that crowd, as opposed to putting it in a premier spot in the U S when you're already probably losing some fans to college football or whatever else may be going on. So I I get why they did it. I'm just selfishly giving my perspective on the whole afternoon MMA thing here. It just sucks. I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I think they they really lose a lot of fans if they were to put it up against college football because MMA has been going on every single week and college football has been away for months. So now, you know, uh, the first college football Saturday of the year is coming up and everyone's like, Oh, Oh, he's playing, Alabama's <laughs> right. playing. Every, everybody's playing. And then you're like, Oh, but then there's Darren Till and Derek Brunson. Which one do I really want to watch? <laughs>
0: yeah. And then next weekend, obviously the NFL kicks off. They're not going to compete with the NFL. We have a week off yeah. <laughs> before the Anthony Smith, Ryan span card, which uh, man, it's you take a week off. That card is not necessarily loaded per se, but I mean we have three massive pay-per-views coming up over the next three months. So we'll get into that in a minute. But let's let's talk about the card Saturday, Will, because this was a mega fight in terms of the main event and the implications of the main event. Darren Till, Derek Brunson. Look, I, I picked Darren Till to win this fight. I thought that his takedown defense was going to be just good enough. To prevent Derek Brunson from taking him down repeatedly and having his will, I, I didn't necessarily have a lot of confidence that Till's ground game was great, but he's a strong guy. He, you know, I, you've heard people talk about his hips and you know just being able to fight off what Derek Brunson was going to do to try and take him down. And I thought that he would probably have more success than failure in that department. And we saw when it was on the feet, Darren Till was clearly the better guy. The problem was. I thought, uh, and you sent me this text message over the weekend, he didn't uh, manage his distance very well. I think the first takedown was a situation where he got a little bit off balance in the striking, and Derek Brunson was able to get to him, take him to the ground, and that was vicious ground and pound in that first round, and uh, Darren Till wore that first ground and pound the rest of the fight, but uh, what an incredible performance for Derek Brunson who now makes it five straight wins in the middleweight division.
1: Yeah, I, I picked Brunson because um, I wasn't sure how Till would do with someone who was such a strong wrestler. Of course, on the feet, Till is miles ahead of Derek Brunson, and it showed in the, in the small exchange that they had on the feet, uh, Till was definitely the better guy. But um, just Brunson being able to, to dictate where this fight takes place because at any time uh, he was able to uh, uh, get him to the ground. I mean, a few times Till did um stuff some of those takedowns as the fight started to uh to wear on a little bit but um brunson was getting some really really timely takedowns whenever till was starting to hurt him uh, i mean he was really um uh he had a lot of tenacity to finish his his shots. so um credit to Derek brunson um i didn't know i wasn't sure how he was going to fight against a, a such a skilled striker uh but He definitely took it to the ground as as much as he needed to. And when uh, Till did have him hurt, uh, he knew, uh, I need to get this fight to the ground. So it shows uh, um, some good fight IQ. But like I was telling you about with Till, man, I I didn't like how he was managing distance. Because when you compare it to a guy like Izzy, Izzy's so far away, he's going to chop up his legs. And when Till was, uh, was kicking Brunson's leg, he was having a little bit of success when I think back to Izzy, like he's so far away from these guys and he's doing just enough to score. Um, it may not be the most, um, entertaining fight, but he's, he's making these guys, he's forcing these guys to come in. He's going to see these guys from a mile away come in. And that's why he made Brunson look foolish th- in their first fight. Uh, he knew when the shot was coming, he knew when Brunson was going to attack because he managed his distance so well. Um, Till just didn't have that. Um, Till's a very skilled striker, but um, the distance management in this fight was just was just off.
0: Well, and how many times will have you seen a striker against a grappler, and the striker hurts the grappler in the stand up, and then gets overly excited, doesn't stay yeah. disciplined, gets too close, or you know goes for that that finish, and all of a sudden he's you know not not. Uh, Aware of the fact that the guy's going to try and grab him and take him to the ground at the first available opportunity because the guy's hurt, right? So, right. I mean, this was the case with Darren Till. I thought on Saturday he had Brunson hurt at the beginning of the third, and all of a sudden, I think he just got overly excited, like, "Hey, I can, I can maybe finish this guy or put him away," and he kind of just went uh, abandon all defense, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go try to land the big shot. And next thing you know. Derek Brunson in survival mode is able to get his hands on him, get a hold of him, take him to the ground, and that was it. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, this happens all the time in MMA. The striker hurts the grappler, and if you're not careful in those situations, the grappler is going to do what he knows, and that's get a hold of you and get you on the ground.
1: Yeah, and it, it was so quick. I mean, Till landed some really big shots, uh, uh, some really solid combinations, had him hurt, had Brunson off balance. So you understand why he would go in for the kill. Um, be, seeing that he had the guy hurt, he has that killer instinct. But still, um, Brunson just wasn't uh, hurt enough. Uh, right. he was off balance, but he still had his composure. He didn't, he didn't panic or anything. Um, and Till came at him kind of. I'm not gonna say sloppy, but he came at him really off balance. And it, that at that point, it's really easy for a guy. Uh, Skill of a wrestler as Brunson to get him down. And then, you know, it, it, for a second it's looking like Till's gonna win, and then all of a sudden he's in such a terrible spot. Yeah. I mean, that that change was just so quick. Uh, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, I like part of me wants to like say that he he somewhat got reckless, but I don't yeah. even know that it's necessarily reckless as much as it just kind of became tunnel vision, right? Like he hurt Brunson, yeah. and I think he just got tunnel vision of only seeing the finish. And pretty much every, you know, everything outside of that was, was kind of lost. And then next thing you know, he's on the ground. So, uh, it was, yeah, it it, big win for Derek Brunson, obviously. Uh, let's, let's start with the implications of this and we'll start with the Darren Till side because I sent you a text message before this fight started and said, Darren Till has lost three of his last four. The only win over Kelvin Gastelum to a guy that's lost five of his last six. And at the same time, Darren Till is one spectacular finish away from potentially getting a title shot. Now, Darren Till is 1-4 and in his last five. Again, that only win is over Kelvin Gastelum, a guy that's lost five of six. What's next for Darren Till?
1: Man, uh, you know, at first, when he did beat Kelvin Gastelum, Kelvin Gastelum had just came off that Izzy fight. So at the time, that fight... Uh, winning that fight against Gasoline, that put Darren Till in a in a really, really uh, good position in this division. Uh, but as, of course, as it's, time has went on, the fight hasn't aged well. See, now Kelvin's lost five of his last six. Um, you know, Darren's lost a few in a row. So uh, that fight hasn't really aged well. So now you you think back and you like, OK, what's really next for Darren Till? Uh you know, I'm not sure. It's 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 interesting uh, at 185. I think, he, he, of course, he's a very skilled striker. He, he's going to be able to beat uh, a lot of these guys. But when he's fighting a, a wrestler, like, so when he fought Whitaker, Whitaker's a guy who came down, who came up from 170. So he's a smaller middleweight, Um Kelvin Gastelum is a smaller middleweight, so I think he'll do really well against guys like that, against guys who'll give him a, sty- a good stylistic matchup. But when he's fighting some of these guys who are bigger than him, or uh, who are the same size, or um, who has who are very very good wrestlers, I think he'll struggle. So I think you have to be really careful if you're Darren Till on who you want to uh, fight next. Um, I don't know who I don't know who that is. Uh, I, it's a pretty interesting uh, conversation to have. Um, it's tough, man. Uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's funny because before this fight, he kind of said, like, I'm not Shabazzian, I'm not Kevin Holland, who are the last two wins for Derek Brunson, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you've are you lost four of five. Um, I, I Look, I'll give him a lot of credit because I thought that Robert Whitaker fight was extremely close. And, like, I, I, at the end of the fight, I thought it could have gone either way. I thought you could legitimately make an argument for either guy. And, you know, Darren Till was obviously at a really high level that night. And, and we know how great Robert Whitaker is, former champion, about to fight for the strap again. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I would say that, you know, two of those four losses are obviously at 170 and not at 185. So that's always something that you have to kind of remember when you're talking about these, these losing streaks or losing a cluster of fights, you know, over the course of, you know, four, five, six, whatever, uh, whatever stretch you're looking at. So, you know, if, if you want to condense it down a little bit more, he's, he's had three fights at 185, right? The win over Gastelum and then the loss to Whitaker, lost to Brunson. Um, I, I think that Cannoneer... Uh, is out there, and you know that that might be a situation where um, you'd like to see. I, I cannoneer. It sounds like wants to fight. If he's not getting the title fight, uh, it sounds like Derek Brunson's totally okay with waiting for a title fight and not fighting again until that opportunity presents itself. Um, why not cannoneer? I think Till would probably like to bounce back rather quickly uh, and and kind of shake off this uh, this losing stigma. Cannoneer needs the money. Uh, cannoneer. One, but it wasn't overly impressive the last time he was in the Octagon, so that one would make a lot of sense. Uh, You know, the problem is at 185, like Costa and Vittori are booked already. Um, I, I wouldn't mind necessarily seeing him against either one of those guys, uh, but he's such a massive draw, and he's so popular. It's not quite to the same degree as the Conor McGregor situation, but it's got to be a name that can hold up the other side of a main event at the same time.
1: Right. Because uh, that's what Darren Till's um, stars has called for. It's it calls for main events uh, of fight nights. It calls for uh, co-main events in Madison square garden. Like he had with Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, he's a, he's a big star um, uh, in the UK. Everyone loves him there. So uh, you want to put him up against the guy who, who um, holds weight with Darren Till. Um, maybe, maybe if Kevin Holland can get a few wins, maybe you give Darren Till, uh, Kevin Holland in a main event. I think that would do. Uh, that would be good. Um, trying to think who who else is uh kind of down the line a little bit. Uh, so the rankings at
0: middleweight look like this. Obviously, Izzy is the champ. Robert Whitaker is the number one contender. They're set to match up very soon. Uh, Paulo Costa who's getting ready to fight uh, Marvin Vittori. So that's two versus four. Jared Cannoneer currently sits at three. He just had a win, what, two weeks ago. Uh, then you have Derek Brunson at five, who just beat Till. Uh, Jack Hermanson is sitting there at six. I, I'm not sure if he currently is scheduled for anything. Darren Till seven. Sean Strickland's about to fight Luke Rockhold. Strickland's eight. Gastelum is nine. Uriah Hall, 10, Edmund Shabazi, in 11, Weidman, Brad Tavares, Kevin Holland, and Andre Muniz round out the top 15.
1: Uriah Hall, perfect. There you go. Main event, I think that's perfect. That, that's a perfect main event. Uh, you won't have to worry about going to the ground. You just have to worry about um, who's the better striker, who can last the longest, uh, who can land the, the better shot. I think that's a. I think that's a perfect fight for Darren Till. Um, main event, co-main event, um, I think that's where you go. That's a good fight for both of those guys. Yeah,
0: Till, Hall, Shabazian, Kevin Holland, all kind of in, in the same boat a little bit. I mean, you could put, you could miss, mix and match any of those four, I think, against each other.
1: Yeah, and, and all of those fights will be really entertaining, uh, striking battles. Um, I'm sure all four of these guys are tired of fighting these guys who only want to take them to the ground, who don't want to uh, stand and, and test their uh, striking skills. So, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see any of those four guys go against each other.
0: Let's throw out Brad Tavares as well, who uh,
1: oh yeah has looked really Absolutely. good recently. Yeah, yeah, you could put uh, Darren Till against Brad Tavares as well. That would be a good fight. Um, if you get a win over Brad Tavares, that means that you're definitely in the upper echelon of the division. I remember when Izzy beat him. I remember when Edmund Shabazian beat him. Like When you beat a guy like Brad Tavares, that's when you know, like, okay, this guy, he's got something. So, yeah, I would love to see Till against Tavares.
0: All right, Derek Brunson, uh, obviously five in a row. The last loss was to Izzy. Uh, he, he said, like, I'm not broke. I'm not poor. I don't need the money. I will wait <laughs> for that title shot. Is he deserving, in your mind, of the title shot?
1: Yeah, I think he's diver- deserving of the title shot. But I think with the circumstances that are in place, I don't think um, he's going to be able to wait. I think it sounds good. I think, you know, he, him saying that he's going to wait, it sounds perfect. You know, wanting to be maybe the backup fighter to uh, Izzy and Rob whenever they fight. But um, I think with the middleweight landscape, I think it's just going to continue to get kind of log jam for whoever's next. Like you got Near who's saying he'll he he'll, he'll fight s- someone else, but he's like, I deserve a title shot. Brunson just thinks he deserves a title shot um whoever wins out of Costa and Vittori is gonna say that they want a title shot so if you're the UFC you got you got three guys who are like okay I deserve a title shot of course you can pick one and just be like okay you're next or um I think what I would do is put Cannonier and Brunson together uh these are two guys who haven't had a title shot yet put them together whoever wins gets the next title shot um Costa and Vittori kind of already had their chance I think they're the they're the guy who kind of has to wait, but uh, for me, um, Cannonier's only loss was to um, was to Rob was to Whitaker. and you know Brunton's done really well since he's fought Izzy. I don't think he's lost since he fought since he uh, lost to Izzy. So uh, he's won no. five in a row. If if you're a guy who wants to challenge um, for the title against the guy who's knocked you out, you have to have these wins. You have to rack up win after win after win, and that's what he's done. But I don't think he's fought a guy who really can test him in, in all areas. Like, Till can't test him with the wrestling. Shabazzian can't test him in wrestling. Holland can't test him in wrestling. He's fought all strikers, which is good when you're going up against a guy like Izzy. But um, fight a guy like Cannonier. I mean, if you if you uh, beat a guy like Kananir, I think uh, that really, there's no other way to go. Like, you're the, the absolute next guy. So if I, if it were me, um, if I'm in the UFC, I'm like, okay, Derek, you your, your last... Um, your last roadblock to get to Izzy is fighting Jared Cannonier next year. Do that, and you got the you got the title fight.
0: Yeah, I think that's an obvious one if he's willing to fight again before that presents itself. And it doesn't sound like Adesanya Whitaker is happening until probably the first of twenty twenty two, at least uh, based on the rumor mill and everything I've read to this point. Uh, here's the other one I'll, I would throw out. Uh, what about uh, Jack Hermanson for yeah, Derek Brunson? Um,
1: yeah, that would be a good fight because Jack Hermanson's pretty good everywhere. His last fight was with Shabazzian, I think, so He's right. uh, he's got a win under his belt. So, um, yeah, Hermanson would be nice. That would be a good fight.
0: But, yeah, I think for me, if if he's willing to fight again, is the obvious fight to make. Um, and, it, again, it sounds like Cannoneer wants to fight, needs to fight. Uh, the complete opposite was the uh, response from Derek Brunson when <laughs> right. he gave his interview after the win. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see what happens at middleweight, but uh, my gosh, if we can just get this uh, Izzy Whitaker two scheduled at some point, that's that's uh, no doubt a blockbuster.
1: Absolutely, get the ro- get the logjam out of the middleweight division, uh, kind of move on from the Izzy Rob uh, rivalry, get some of these new guys who are coming up like Cannonier and Brunson uh, into the fold. Um, I think 185, it's, uh, it's starting to really take shape. I mean, Izzy was kind of running away with things, but I think the gap's starting to close a little bit. I still don't like anybody in a fight with Izzy, but I think um, people are really starting to um, have like some recipes to maybe give Izzy some trouble, like uh, a strong res- wrestler like Brunson or a guy who's really powerful like Cannonier. So um, I think it's going to be interesting moving forward.
0: All right, Will, the co-main event was Tom Aspinall and Sergey Spivak. Another really impressive performance for Tom Aspinall. I think a guy that we both have been high on in that heavyweight division as a prospect. And look, he has arrived. If if you hadn't bought in yet, uh, I don't know what else this guy has to do to make his claim to being one of the top 10 heavyweights in the UFC. But once again, a pretty spectacular performance.
1: Yeah, Tom Aspinall is... Special man at the heavyweight division like the the things that he can do at the heavyweight division I mean of course we see Cyril gone and uh all the things that he's done but Tom Aspinall I think he's in that conversation of uh of best strikers in that division um he he's not just throwing uh heavy heavy shots uh he's really beating these guys with skill I mean out of the clinch to throw a, a elbow the way he did just that it's it's a sneaky elbow um uh, And you barely even seen it live like he had to slow down the the replay to really see what he threw and what he hit him with. It was a short elbow. It really hurt him. And uh, he just uh, finished him after that, man. Tom Aspinall, he's special. He's getting all these guys. He's finishing all these guys. Very skilled. Uh, I'm excited to see what's next. But I think definitely he's going to have to fight one of these top five guys because, you know, anything under that, I think he's just going to continue to wipe the floor with these guys.
0: He, uh, he's a guy that we talked about around a year ago and he impressed us at that point, but I think we were both on the, Hey, let's, let's continue to develop him before you start throwing him to the wolves. It sounds like you are in the boat. Like it's time. Let's, uh, let's really step up the level of competition now for Aspinall.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you could, uh, continue to build him up slow, but I think at this point he's, it's going to continue to be, um, you know, first round knockout, second round knockout, like he is very skilled. I think it's time to put him in there with someone who can uh, present him some type of challenge, whether it's, uh, uh, I don't really know who's all in the rank, all in the rankings at the top five. I mean, of course, you know, Derek Lewis and Curtis Blaze and uh, Jarzinho and those type of guys. But um, I think Tom Aspinall is in the conversation of best heavyweight in the, uh, in the world. The problem is you got a log jam at the top, so you know, Tom Asfell is kind of like the odd man out, but I think he's very, he's very special for sure.
0: Well, there's a fight coming up, uh, that features another young up and coming heavyweight Chris Docus uh, with, uh, well, let's see, who does he have? Um, Abder, uh, Abdurak Mahav, whatever, however you say that. Yeah. Shamil, uh, <laughs> is the easier <laughs> way to just say it. Uh, Abder, I think, Abdurik. anyway, people are just going <laughs> to laugh at me as I continue to try and pronounce that. But, uh, Chris Sh- Dawkins is a- another guy that I think is kind of in the Aspinall, um, level of, you know, newer, uh, new ish UFC heavyweight. That is a prospect. That's been pretty impressive. That's currently ranked in the top 15. Uh, maybe that's, a possibility if he's able to get a win uh, other than that I think for the most part pretty much everybody else outside of you know Stipe Miocic is is booked at the moment
1: well yeah if I'm master, um, I'm probably looking at that uh Chris Docus versus Shamil fight and thinking like okay this is the guy who's next because both of these both of those guys are ranked in the top 10 I believe I think Docus might be seven and Shamil might be like 10 or 11 so uh, I think Aspen, I was like 13 at the time, which kind of shocked me. I thought he would be yeah. uh, a little uh, above that, but um, yeah. If if I'm Aspen, I'm looking at that fight as okay. These two guys, um, they're both ranked ahead of me. Whoever wins this, they're, I'm sure they'll probably get a jump in the rankings. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, probably I don't think he called out uh, anybody, but if I'm Aspinall, whoever wins that fight, I'm calling them out like on social media or something because that's a really good both those matchups, yeah. whether it be Aspinall versus Shamil or Aspinall versus Chris Dawkins, those are really good matchups. So Ngannou has
0: gone you know, when that eventually gets done and it it's kind of sounding like maybe January that'll be the January pay per view. Uh Stipe obviously is is currently uh <laughs> On the sideline, waiting to see what happens. Same thing for Derek Lewis. Curtis Blades has Rosenstrike. Uh, Volkov has Tabura. Uh, Docus has Shamil. Uh, let's see. Walt Harris has somebody coming up. Um, uh, oh, Taito Ivasa. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and then Sergey Pavlovich is still a guy that's uh, that's waiting to get an opportunity. Who I, wasn't he supposed to be on this card?
1: I think he was. You know, I actually thought that Tom Aston was supposed to fight him.
0: I think, yeah, I think that's right.
1: And then, okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense because I was wondering, like, okay, Sergey Spivak. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think Spivak sure may have. Uh, it, I think it Stepped was
0: originally in. supposed to be Pavlovich. And...
1: and they just have the same name. But I didn't even yeah. think like, yeah, <laughs> this is a different person. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but whatever it is, yeah, keep an eye on Tom Aspinall. Um, all right, I don't know if you want to get into uh, any of the other fights. I, I definitely want to mention uh, Patty Pimblett. Uh, and his UFC debut because when you uh talk the kind of talk that he did before he gets in the octagon, you certainly have to back it up, and he no doubt backed it up. Will I was uh, I was texting Ian Parker over the weekend, and I was just at, I was like, "Is this Patty guy legit? Like, what do you think of him?" And so we were we were going back and forth, and then the fight ends the way that it does, and I was like, "Here's the deal: this guy is like the floppy blonde hair, right?" The shit talking English accent, the name Patty the Batty Pimblet, like this is a create a fighter, right? Like if, I, this doesn't even seem like a real person. This is like you you're on the video game, you create a fighter, and you put all these elements together, and then you just have this unique Patty Pimblet who's uh, knocking people out.
1: Yeah, if I if I was on the game, uh, I would make a, a character similar to that, someone who you really don't think uh, has any type of of fight, like combat experience or combat knowledge or anything. Uh, and then you just give him a whole bunch of skill, just like he has. That would be that would be what I would do in, in a UFC game. But to see it live, like to see it actually happen in real life, it, it's crazy to see. He doesn't seem like he has. Like if you saw him on the street. Uh, you probably wouldn't think like that's a that's a bad UFC right. fighter, but <laughs> uh, he goes out there and he, and he looks uh, it looks like he's going to get finished at first, and then he uh, just kind of rebounds and then uh, gets it under control and then finishes the fight. It, it, it was crazy, man. I, I I was happy for him. You see, everyone in the in the Apex was happy for him. His his teammate came out and was happy for him. Uh, he's got all the all the makings of a star. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. He's, he's unique
0: enough that he's going to stand out. And then, like I said, when you make the headlines that he made coming into the UFC to talk the talk that he did, um, anything short of a finish is going to be a disappointment. And he got the finish, but honestly, I think I'm more impressed by the fact that he got caught and survived it, right? He, he had wobbly legs at one point early in that fight, and he was able to survive that and still come away with the... Uh, with the finish win on his own. So uh, another name to highlight because I'm sure he's going to be given big time opportunities again, because if you can sell your own fight, that's, yeah. that's just unbelievably valuable to the UFC and Patty Pimblett certainly did that.
1: Yeah. Just, just make people want to watch you. Like uh, it seems like the UFC doesn't want to be the the promoters who really want to put a guy out there like that, like they want you to sell yourself and then they'll do everything else afterwards. So, uh, Patty Pimlet does uh, a great job of selling himself. And, uh, it made me want to watch his fight. It made you want to watch his fight. And this is a guy who, if you're not really a hardcore fan, you don't really know much about him. Right. Obviously he comes into the UFC with a whole lot of hype, but you don't really know too much about him. Uh, but he definitely made a a statement uh, in his debut fight. All right, Will, we
0: went into this card. You had a five-point lead in our Pick'Em Challenge. We were on opposite sides of two fights. You had Derek Brunson over Darren Till. I had Till over Brunson. That was a main event matchup, which gives you three points for the victory there. You also had Khalil Roundtree over uh, Bukaskas which I was on the wrong side of. So after I cut the nine-point lead down to five, you bounce back and put it right back at nine. So it is plus nine points to Will Brewer as we go into an off week before that Anthony Smith. um, I said it earlier. Who's Anthony Smith fighting?
1: Ryan Spann. Ryan (laughs) Spann.
0: Before that, Anthony Smith-Ryan Spann main event on, I
1: believe, the 18th. Yeah, man. You know, I just had to go back to the drawing board. You know, <laughs> I, uh, you know, Derek Brunson with his wrestling, I just knew um, he has more chances to win, so I picked him there. And then Khalil Roundtree. Uh, do you see how big that dude looks? Yeah, <laughs> that dude he's a is monster. Massive. He is a monster. And then just he was throwing everything with like vicious intent. Bad intentions. Like, yeah. Bad. Very bad intentions. Hatred I'm in surprised. his heart. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Modestus uh, stayed in as long as he did, yeah. and then for it to finish with that uh, oblique kick that just yeah. tore his leg up—it was, it was crazy. But uh, I'm glad to be having this nine-point lead. He was making it a little uh, uncomfortable, a little bit there, but chipping away—I
0: was chipping away, yeah,
1: yeah. But you know, we just we hit you with the Jordan turnaround fadeaway, man. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now you can you can go back to the recliner, prop the feet up, and uh, be comfortable with the point lead. Um, I, I, I do want to mention again, we're not previewing a fight this weekend because we are not back uh, in the octagon until Saturday, September 18th at the UFC apex. But will the next three pay-per-view cards. We, we need to touch on this real quick. UFC 266 followed by 267 and then 268. Uh, there's been an announcement that it sounds like Poirier, Oliveira is going to be 269 in December but as far as like the rest of that fight card I don't I haven't heard any other fights even rumored to be on that yet so we'll just kind of hit the the next three but let's start with 266 because this is Volkanovski Ortega this is obviously for the people that watch tough probably a little bit of added excitement for that main event uh, Shevchenko, Lauren Murphy on this fight card as well. Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, Curtis Blades, Jarzinho Rosenstrike, Andraj, Calvillo, Marlon Morais, uh, Marab Devalishvili, Dan Hooker, and Hack uh, Shamil Andakis, as we referenced a few minutes ago, and I'm not going to attempt the last name again. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty legit fight card.
1: Oh yeah, that card is loaded. It's it's loaded with guys who are all ranked, guys and girls who are all ranked. You got uh, a rising prospect in Marab fighting a former title challenger in uh, uh Jessica Andras, who's uh who was a former title challenger just fought Valentina. Uh, Always a contender, Caldeo. I think. <laughs> Always a contender at different yeah, weight classes agreed. as well. Uh, Curtis Blades, who's just coming off that knockout uh, loss against Lewis against Jarzinho, who's Uh, pretty much a version of Derek Lewis, if you will. He probably throws a little bit more kicks and is a little more active, but um, that's a really good fight. Of course, you got Dan Hooker returning. You got a really solid heavyweight matchup in the prelims. But, of course, uh, everyone's going to look to that Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler fight. You you go back to UFC 47, uh, however many moons ago it was, um, it was a crazy fight for as long as as it's lasted. And both of these guys, have, they've had um, tremendous careers. Robbie Lawler, a former champion, of course. Nick Diaz is a former champion of uh, Strikeforce, I believe. So these guys have been doing a long time. Nick Diaz has been out for five years, maybe longer. But um, just the matchup itself, it's very intriguing. Uh, then, of course, uh, Shevchenko and, and Lauren Murphy. Um, who's going to be able to challenge Valentina? Who's, who's going to be able to even make it interesting, you know? Um, I don't know if Lauren Murphy's uh, the person, but um, anytime Valentina gets in there, it's a a show to watch. Um, And then, of course, the main event, uh, Volkanovski and Ortega. With how Ortega looked uh, last year against the Korean Zombie, um, he's made a lot of improvements. And Volkanovski, uh, the champion who's beaten Max Holloway twice, when, you know, anybody else against Max Holloway, you see what Max Holloway does to him. But Volkanovski is that one guy who just can't, who Max can't seem to solve. So, um, yeah, this fight card's loaded, man. Uh, from start to finish, it's a really, really solid fight card.
0: And if you think that one's good, fast forward to UFC 267, because that is finally Glover Teixeira getting his title shot against Jan Blachowicz. The co-main is finally Algermaine Sterling and Peter Jan. Uh, also on that card, we have Islam, Islam Mahashev and uh, RDA, we have Ankl- Anklaev and Uzdemir on that card, Volkov, Tabura, the return of uh, Chemaev against Legion Leon. We have Walt Harris and Taito Ivassa. We have uh, Amanda Hibas and Jandaroba. I mean, wow.
1: Yeah, th- you know, this fight card is pretty stacked. Uh, now that you look now that I look at it from top to bottom, it's very stacked. But uh you're pretty excited for this fight card, aren't you? For Chimaev, yeah, for for um, two sixty seven in October. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but this is going to be another early, um, <laughs> early start time fight card. Oh yeah, I did know uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think midday, probably like the same thing with the Till thing. Uh, but and I didn't know that the very next week is going to be two sixty eight. So I'm like, we're yeah, going to have two back to back weekends, back to back. It's crazy. But yeah. these these this fight card a lot of heavyweight matchups, uh, Volkov and Tibera, Walt Harrison tied to Avassa. I'm very interested with, uh, Islam and RDA, uh, Hamza Shamayev hasn't fought in a while. He had all the hype and everything. Uh, but now it got derailed because of COVID. Now we'll see how he looks. Um, and then, you know, of course, Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling, man, um, Joe's coming in as a champion, but I don't really think he should have the belt. I think that's, that it should be vacated at this point. But, you know, he's going to come in with the title against uh, Peter Jan, who was completely decimating him in the first fight. And then, of course, Jan Blahovic against Glover Teixeira. Um, Glover Teixeira still doing it, still at a high competing at a high level at 44 years old. It's it's crazy. And then uh, Jan Blahovic, the champion, who's coming off that win against Izzy. It's a, it's a really solid fight card.
0: Two of the nicest guys maybe on the entire roster fighting for, uh, you know, what, what was for, for, I mean, I I would say fair to say for, for the majority of the time the UFC has been around the 205 division has been the star division.
1: Yeah. You know, it's been the star division. You've had John Jones at the top of the division. Uh, you've had C at the top of the division for years, um, and now, you know, after what, 10, 11 years of, of it just being Jones in DC, uh, now you got Jan Blachowicz who has really, uh, uh, his career has been re- revamped in, in a way. So, um, it was a guy who was kind of close to being cut. And then he comes back and goes on this crazy run to become a champion. Crazy. And, uh, Glover to fought John Jones, uh, many moons ago, and he's completely, he's went through it all, uh, since he's, uh, John Jones and now he's finally back uh seven years later to get a title shot very very crazy story um so both these guys they deserve to be in this spot so if
0: UFC 266 didn't get you excited and then we just ran down UFC 267 you're still not excited there is no way on earth that UFC 268 doesn't do something for you Kamaru Usman Colby Covington too this was a great fight the first time around Obviously, this thing is going to be played up when we get closer to this fight actually taking place. We have the Rose-Way Lee rematch. We have Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, which might be the best non-title fight of the entire year. Sean Strickland, Luke Rockhold, you would imagine, is going to be fantastic. Frankie Edgar and Cheeto Vera on this fight card. Al Iaquinta and Bobby Green. We have uh, Durandami and Aldana. Holy cow, Will.
1: Yeah, this this might be the the best fight card of the year. Of course, you know you're going back to Madison Square Garden, so you're you've got to stack this fight card. And I think uh, the UFC definitely just uh, they hit it out the park with this. And it, it's a fight card that's not even done yet, but you know what the main fights are. Um, of course, Usman and Covington, uh, your favorite fighter, Kobe Covington, is getting another crack at the belt. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> You uh, didn't even a use a
0: sarcastic voice, so somebody out there is actually gonna believe
1: you. <laughs> I just try to I just try to roll with it and try to hurt nice, you. To, nice, nice.
0: <laughs> if you had but, used uh, like some sort of sarcastic tone, then I probably would have let it slide, but you said it so serious that somebody out there is gonna be like, Wait, what?
1: Well, I mean I I mean of course I mean people would just be like, Well, they both have the same name. Yeah, you know, so, of course, that's that's your favorite fighter. But it's, it's all good, man. <laughs> I, I, I know you're a Kobe Covington fan deep down. Oh, <laughs> man. But it was a great fight the first time around, Usman and Covington. Um, but both these guys have made massive improvements pretty much. Usman has made some drastic improvements. And uh, Kobe Covington, we've only seen him once since that last fight. Yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, adjustments that both men make in a fight. Uh that was so crazy the first time around. Uh but Usman with Trevor Whitman is a different beast. So um I wonder how Kobe's gonna approach it. Of course, you got Rose and uh and Wei Lee. Uh Wei Li was a champion. She she uh she defended it once in the in the fight of the year against Joanna, but now she goes in there against Rose and just uh Rose being the creative striker that she is just knocked her out with that head kick. Um since the loss, you kind of think that her team's been making a lot of excuses like she's been booed and uh, she was getting booed and she hadn't experienced that before. You know, she saw Chris Wyman's leg break uh all, all this different stuff. Um, so now she's got a chance to prove that the, that that was a fluke. Uh, but, you know, Rose, uh, she's continuously improving every time we see her. So I'm excited to see that fight. Um, then, of course, you got Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Man, I don't think I'm. I don't think there's any fight on this card that's going to make me more excited than uh, Gaethje and Chandler. Uh, just the the possibilities, the the violence that's going to be inflicted in that fight is going to be crazy. Uh, Strickland and Rockhold. Uh, it's going to be good to see Luke Rockhold back at middleweight. Uh, he hasn't been uh, in the UFC in a while. He was contemplating retirement, but he's going up against. Uh, he's going up against a psychopath. Let's be honest. Uh, Sean Strickland. He's. He's a psycho man uh but he's a very good fighter and uh he's gonna test Luke Rockhold for sure uh Frank Yecker and uh and uh Cheeto Vera I know you're I do know for sure you're very high on Cheeto Vera <laughs> for sure yeah and he's uh, fighting Frank Yeager. I think it's a good fight for him uh, a, a a solid step up we haven't seen Frankie since he lost against um against uh San Hagen san so, uh, in that big knockout, but I still think, uh, Frankie Eckers are going to be a player at 135. Um, I Quentin Bobby Green. That's got fireworks written all over it. Uh, and then of course you got the debut of Alex Pajeda, who is the only guy to knock out Israel yeah. Adesanya in kickboxing. So, um, that whole car from top to bottom, man, it's going to be exciting. I,
0: I didn't even mention uh, Shabazian and Imavov or uh, Shane Burgos and Billy Quarantillo. Like when you think about guys that are just fight of the night caliber fighters, like every time they're in the octagon, like Shane Burgos is one of those guys. Ally Aquinta and Bobby Green are, are those guys. Gaethje and Chandler are those guys. Sean Strickland is that guy obviously Kamaru uh, and Colby Covington, like good Lord, man.
1: And then you got um, Whaley who fought in the fight of the year against Joanna. So like, I think from top to bottom, we're going to have a hard time picking who's going to be the fight of the night. I think we're going to have to have like a ranking system or something about (laughs) who we think is going to be the the fight of the night on this one. Because now that I look at it, I mean, of course you think that you have like an easy answer, but now that you go down the list, like there's a few of them that are like, Ooh, (laughs) <laughs> this one might be it. Yeah,
0: it's just it's full of of guys and and gals that uh, like literally every time they're in the octagon, it's like, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained?
1: <laughs> right. And then a fight like Edgar and Vera, even though it it seems like it's a a, a real technical fight, that fight could end up being a, a fight of the night contender. Right. Because you know how tough the, both of these guys are. So. Yeah, from top to bottom, man. These these fights, they're they're going. They're planning on blowing the roof off of Madison Square Garden yeah. for sure.
0: I'm I'm genuinely concerned about what the fight night cards are going to look like over the next three months because I think everybody's booked on these three pay per view cards.
1: <laughs> yeah, all, all the big names, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, they're, yeah, all the big names are booked on these uh, pay per view cards. So I, I think we might be getting some stale uh, fight night cards. But uh, I mean, of course. We'll watch them, but <laughs> uh, case, yeah, we'll yeah, of course. <laughs> um,
0: I don't even know, uh, you might know better, but uh, what does the, the Smith span card look like at this point? Are you aware? Have
1: you, yeah, uh, have you looked uh, at the lineup? We've got Anthony Smith, Ryan Span, of course, Jim Miller uh, is fighting Nicholas Moda on that card. Um, we have Penny Kinzad and Raquel Pennington. Um, Ariani Lipsky and Mandy Boham. So, I mean, not too many um, names on this card, but of course um, people will tune in to watch um, Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann.
0: Right. Okay, I'm, I've pulled it up now. Yeah, it's, I mean, there are, there's some good fights on this, uh, but, I mean, for, for anybody that doesn't follow the sport closely, this would probably be a card where maybe they recognize the two guys in the main event and two or three others, and that's probably it.
1: Yeah, not too many. I mean, you have uh, Joaquin Buckley, who got that big knockout um, a Over couple years ago.
0: Impa Kasonganai, who's also on this card. Who Who is that? The Buckley knockout was against Impa Kasonganai, who is okay, also okay. on this
1: card now I wonder how that makes him how that makes (laughs) him feel like I'm I'm gonna go and see the guy that just knocked me out and I've been a I've been a meme ever since I've been on videos and stuff ever since it's
0: (laughs) and Chukwe by the way is on this card which uh, is another guy that I'm really high on since uh his contender series win last year
1: fighting Mike Mike Rodriguez so that's gonna be a pretty solid fight uh Montel Jackson's on this card so that's that's good. Uh, Antonio Arroyo and Joaquin Buckley, the matchup is pretty solid. Hannah Gobley on this card. Uh, Christos Yagos on this card. Uh, Ariani Lipsky, um, love her fighting style. I think she's got potential to be special. She was a champion in another organization before she came over. She has uh, a lot of potential. Um, co-main event, Ian Kutalaba and Devin Clark, um, solid light heavyweight matchup. Uh, but all roads point to Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann. All
0: right, let's wrap it up on this because we didn't have the opportunity to speak about this last week. Um, Tyron Woodley, Jake oh, Paul, they yeah. they put on an event last Sunday night, or I guess it's been the Sunday night before last Sunday night. Uh, Will, I, I told you I did not want to be right about this unfortunately I was right about this and I'm disgusted by it
1: oh man you know T Wood had opportunities to win that fight he had opportunities chances I mean that fight was right there in, in his hands and then he just didn't he didn't attack like it's just the story of Tyron Woodley now I don't know what happened to him but that's just the story of him now. He just can't pull the trigger. I mean, he did uh, in the fourth round, and he uh, basically had uh, Jake Paul on the ropes. <laughs> yeah. But after that, um, he pretty the, the last three rounds of the fight, he pretty much let Jake Paul outwork him. That's that's all that it was. Jake Paul outworked him, and Tyron Woodley was just basically, uh, I guess he was looking for the big shot, but he just failed to be aggressive. And it's just it's sad to see. At this point, I'm tired of, of being like, yeah. Oh, T what's going to be. All right. He, he's going to, he's, you know, he's fine. But yeah, at this point I'm like, ah, he's, he's just not aggressive anymore, man. Yeah. He, does, it, he doesn't have it in him.
0: Nope. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been Gilbert Burns. Uh, but it, If it wasn't Gilbert Burns, it was somebody that uh, I think was a a former UFC welterweight that just basically said, like, the guy doesn't want to fight anymore. Like, bottom line, he just doesn't want to fight anymore. Like, you're losing because of activity. That's an issue. Every time. Yeah.
1: Every time. It's the same story every time that he's losing because of activity. I mean, I'll give him this. He moved forward in this fight, which was something that we didn't see in the the UFC, (laughs) except for his very last fight against Luque. But he was moving forward. Not doing anything, so i so I like <laughs> it doesn't make a difference you're you're moving forward, you're controlling the 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 ring, but you're still letting Jake Paul outwork you and and uh be more active, land more strikes it's yeah same same story, different sport, it's Tylerably the same guy,
0: yeah. And the, the the tweet of the night uh, I, I saw, like, right after the whole, like, tattoo thing goes down, the, the post-game or post-fight interviews, and some guy tweets, if Tyron Woodley fought with half as much energy that he had in that <laughs> post-fight interview, he would have won the fight in a runaway.
1: Runaway. In a runaway. Like, he, pro- he might not have lost a round. Yeah, uh, because- that's right. Jake Paul wasn't landing anything damaging. He wasn't landing anything crazy. Uh, Tyron Woodley was the one who was doing the damage. Uh, Jake Paul was gassed. Yeah, That's what really got me. For the end of the fight, he
0: he dug deeper than Tyron.
1: Yeah, he dug deeper than Tyron. He dug deeper than a guy who is a former uh, UFC champion who is probably going to be a UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, Tyron was talking about how Jake Paul had never fought 25 minutes. He's never had to dig deep. But, when the time came to dig deep, it was Jake Paul who was the one who was uh, digging deep, and Tyron was just uh, just standing there, man. Ugh. for for Jake Paul to be as tired as he was, cause I felt like Tyron wasn't really that tired. He didn't it seemed like Tyron was fighting the same way at the same pace the entire fight, but that was the problem. You needed to turn it up as the rounds was going on. and Jake Paul, he you could see the fatigue on his face. He was barely holding it together. Uh, and Tyron just wasn't being active. man it was just tough to see man. Tough That's to see exactly workout. why I
0: think people are so irritated because Tyron lost a fight because of activity while at the same time looking like a guy that wasn't tired. So they're <laughs> like, what's the problem? like if you if you lose because you don't you're not active enough and you're just obviously gassed, like I think people can understand that better than, the guy doesn't look gassed at all. He just doesn't want to engage, just doesn't want to throw punches for whatever reason, like, just doesn't want to go get the win.
1: I mean, m- maybe maybe um, being as active as he was against Luque and then Luque countering him like that and, and basically rocking him and then finishing him kind of did something to him. But, I mean, you can't really say that because this is the same story. Like, he's not being active. So just go – Just go after it, you know. When he did go after it against Luque, he had him hurt. I mean, Luque is very talented. So I mean, Luque is not Jake Paul. I mean, you can go after Jake Paul. I mean, of course, Jake Paul had some size on him, but still, man, Jake Paul. Uh, he's been knocking out everybody, but come on, Tyron, man, you're with how explosive. you are how fast you are man like you can evade those punches his defense was was really crisp. his defense was really really good but he needed to be more active yeah that fight was there for the taking man He just uh sad to see
0: yeah Ugh. Tyron (laughs) Woodley
1: and now we have to live through more of Jake Paul uh yeah I I said last week that you know maybe I'm curious to see what's gonna be next for him but now I'm just like uh I don't even care anymore (laughs)
0: Until the fight happens, and then we're all going to be tuned in again.
1: Yeah, Especially if Tyron uh, has a tattoo. Oh, uh, I mean, he was saying that he wanted the rematch, and I'm like, well, you want the rematch now, but during the fight, it didn't seem like he wanted it. Like, so. Yeah, I was <laughs> like,
0: dude, literally five minutes ago, you didn't want to fight. Why do you want to fight so bad now? Like, it, I do not I, I do not want to see Tyron Woodley fight that guy again.
1: I, I don't either, because if it's just another going to be another loss, I mean, that's just going to damage him even more. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I I was kind of surprised at how much bigger Jake Paul looked than T Wood on fight day. Yeah, um, I I was pretty surprised by that. Um, I would like to see Jake Paul fight, um, a guy kind of closer to his size uh, because he's calling out these UFC lightweights and welterweights. Uh, yeah,
0: Jake Paul's and, and I mean, one ninety.
1: Yeah, he's he's cutting down to one ninety. Yeah. I mean, on fight day he was probably two hundred pounds. Right. And uh, T Wood, uh, I mean. He's fighting at 170. He, that's he's probably walking around at 190. So um yeah, uh I, I want to see Jake Paul fight someone a little uh, a little bigger <laughs> next time. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't do this, but uh Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, that would be good. But uh Anderson Silva's fighting Tito Ortiz now, but I want to see him yeah, fight somebody fighting, that fight
0: wants him. to fight him. Like I say wants to fight him, not like we will get in the ring with him. Somebody that yeah, wants for, to fight uh, him. Yeah, yeah, Ben Askren didn't want to fight him. Ben Askren wanted to get in the ring and get a payday. Tyron Woodley didn't want to fight him, obviously, but, I mean, he, he uh, I think, did just enough where he thought maybe he could win, and that was it. But he didn't want to fight him, clearly. Put somebody yeah. in there that wants to fight the guy.
1: Yeah, I think Tyron was just really scared of being knocked out by him, and... uh that led to him being inactive. But yeah, put somebody in there who wants to fight him. But who who is that? Who really wants to fight Jake Paul? I mean, outside of the guys who he calls out, there's not really there's not really many people who are just like I want to fight Jake Paul. I mean, of course, you have some of these guys like Tommy Fury and everything. But who really wants to get in there and fight Jake Paul?
0: I, everybody, for that payday,
1: everybody. But who's call, But who's calling him out? I mean, though. I mean maybe the, maybe Jake Paul is maybe they're waiting for Jake Paul to call them out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know that you want to be the guy that's like I want Jake Paul.
1: <laughs> exactly,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but everybody's <laughs> going to take that fight if it's if it's out. There. If it's
1: exactly, like like Ben Askren was offered that fight. This is a guy yeah. who just had hip replacement surgery, who was not thinking about doing any kind of combat combat yeah. training or anything, but he gets the opportunity to fight Jake Paul. He's back in it. And then when he stepped on the scale with his gut over his, uh, over his line and stuff, I mean, he looked as happy as ever. He didn't even care. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, my friend, no, uh, no fight card this week, uh, but we will be back uh, for the uh, Ryan Span anthony Smith main event on September 18th. And following that, we have massive, massive pay-per-views, basically all football season.
1: Yeah, so um, if you think that with football season you're going to forget about the UFC, the UFC's like, nah, we're throwing fire card after fire card after fire card at you. So we're going to keep you uh, locked into the UFC. All
0: right, Will, always appreciate it, my friend, and enjoy your Labor Day.
1: You too, my brother. Have a good one.
0: I okay.